over the line now for Matthews. Goals! You can't give him a split second. Marner doesn't shoot it, but Matthews does it. He scores! Holy mackerel! What a bullet! Middle fake from Matthews and bingo on the short side. The Leafs have two, and Big Pappy has them both. Lillardman to Matthews again. able to turn the momentum around after the first period which probably the best. Yeah, I mean, Maddie scores three goals. <laughs> <laughs> when you see them go in like that for him, what goes through your mind? Yeah, I mean, he's the best goal scorer in the league, so I don't know uh, what else to tell you. You know, the year he got 60, you know, that tear he was on towards the end of the season, it seems like he's been on that, you know, all season to this point, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's exceptional. There's not much else to say. Uh, obviously, game changing tonight. Sixty. Ew. Ew. Sixty's ugh. A paltry sixty. It, uh, it's the fan morning show. Sports at five ninety. The fan. Ben Ennis. Brent Gunning. Yeah, it's fun for a game. Good morning. Good morning. Great you. morning. It's uh, it's fun for a game to get some goals from a guy. Not in the core four. Yeah. Uh, Bobby McMahon, that Whatever. was neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming Austin yesterday. Austin Matthews, very good. Austin Matthews hat trick. William Nylander, OT goal. Leafs 4-3 win over the Flyers, who tried hard, battled back from mm-hmm. down 3-1. It's kind of their thing, trying hard. Didn't touch the puck in the under a minute of the overtime period. What what a world. What, what a time to be alive, honestly. Like... Uh, we can we can joke about it, mm-hmm. and we can talk about the failures in the postseason, which yeah, are a yeah. huge part of this near decade run of Toronto Maple Leafs hockey. But you you do need to be reminded, and I don't. No, maybe somebody in the sound of within the region that can hear my voice mm-hmm. needs to be reminded. You're living through history. Yep, and the greatest goal scorer since he strapped him on and might eventually be the greatest of all time. Austin Matthews. He's like, what is it, like 75, 76 goals back of Sundin. He's played roughly, you know, I'm exaggerating here for effect, but it's it's mostly true, roughly half as many games as a Leaf as Matt Sundin did. Again, like, you know, there are generations of guys who will always go to Dougie and Wendell, but there's a generation of Leaf fans who they never thought it could get any better than Matt Sundin and that it's almost like... We're living in a world where within a year and a half, that's going to be eclipsed. And Austin Matthews isn't going to be 30. That's he, stupid. It's ridiculous. The I think we sometimes are so quick to rush to greatest of all time or yeah. goat or whatever, but he so quickly, and this isn't just the four goals in the first game, but it's kind of the four goals in the first game. He so quickly made it so readily apparent that he was going to at the very least be a part of that conversation that the superlatives were supposed to be giving a guy when he actually accomplishes it. We've been giving him for the better part of, well, his entire career. And guess what? We haven't been quick. This hasn't been a quick rush to judgment or trying to anoint a guy who hasn't done it. He's done it at every single turn, every single season. It's been (laughs) remarkable. He has five hat tricks this season. Maybe he's played 52 games. So the record for hat tricks in the season is Wayne Gretzky, 10. He dropped her. Oh, twice. Yeah. But like, even that's not that far off. We played a little more than half yeah. the season. He's at five, right? Like, it's, I mean, who who doesn't think he has at least two more hat tricks? I was just going to say the over under, six and a half. <laughs> who's, not ta- who's not thinking about the over? Uh, last guy to have five hat tricks in the season was uh, Jonathan Chichu. Moose Factory, Ontario, I believe. Ooh, uh, 05, great. 06 in that 50-some-odd goal And is campaign. Austin Matthews a Joe Thornton creation? No, I think they tried that, <laughs> and it didn't really work out so well. Uh, 15 goals for Austin Matthews when his team is down one. I love that stat. 28 of them have either tied the game or given the <laughs> Leafs the lead. 28 of his 45 goals through 52 games yeah. this season have either been, like, the most important goal you can get in a mm-hmm. hockey game or like the second most important goal you can get in a hockey game. The, the other stat I like is weird to talk about a guy who does nothing but score goals, but it's zero. Zero empty netters. Yep. No empty calories goals. Like, look, every every good player will pick up the odd goal in an 8-2 laugher. He really doesn't. No, They're all do goals of impact. It's, again, we have to, 
you have to, if you care about this team, care about this player, it's always lingering in the back of your mind, the coloring of playoffs past and how things have gone here. But for a guy to, all we ever want in any sport is a guy to put the team on his back at the moments that matter the most. And those numbers are pretty, pretty stark in that regard. Like it is, again, it's remarkable if he just scored these goals and blowouts. If he just scored empty Mm. calories goals, this would still be incredible. But the fact that they all come in moments where the team kind of needs it the most, it's, it's incredible that we're able to live through this and we're just in the... I don't know, like late middle of it now. It's yeah. incredible. No, it's not. It's not about to immediately get worse. Uh, Forty-five goals, so he, he leads Sam Reinhardt by six. He leads Quick, Nikita quickly. Kutrov no one wants nine. to hear this here. Shout out Sam Reinhardt. It is, every time I think uh-huh. Matthews goes on a tear and he's going to have firmly separated himself, Sam Reinhardt just right there lurking. And like all those goals for Sam Reinhardt power are on play. the power play. But that's merchant. fine. You, no, you, that, you, no, when you, he doesn't merge. You're, you're allowed. And one of the goals for Matthews yesterday was on the power play. But yeah, 22 of the 39 have been on the power play for Sam Reinhardt. That obviously leads the National Hockey League. Um, uh, David Pasternak, not a fraud, but like kind of a fraud. Uh, three uh, of his goals this season into the empty net, Ooh, as you mentioned. Yawning cages. Yeah. Uh, it's a very Aust- Zach Hyman of him. Austin Matthews with zero. So they win the game. Uh, it got hairy there. Certainly at the end of the game, Tyler Bertuzzi takes the penalty, the results mm. in the power play goal, ties the game, and then Tyler Bertuzzi enjoys watching yep. the, the rest of the game. Yep. It's rough for him. That line looked so good. He with uh, Nick Robertson and Max Domi in that first game with no players uh, against the St. Louis Blues, they looked less <laughs> good yesterday. And I understand Sheldon Keefe trying to, to, to see if he, there was something there. Mm, yeah, there wasn't much there. Um, but yeah, he he takes a penalty. They end up uh, giving up the the two goal lead. But then win it in overtime, and mm-hmm. you do have to be careful with this team. And I think Luke Fox agreed. I don't know. I don't even know where you're going, mm-hmm. but agreed. You have to be careful with this team. I think Luke Fox hit the kind of the narrative nail on the head in his story on Sportsnet.ca. Is like, hey, the skill overtook the will here, mm-hmm. and and that's what this team is banked on so often because the will. Let's be honest. It's intermittent. It yep. can be there. It's in spurts. It was there against the Blues. We've seen it at times, but over the course of 82 games, and nobody's there for all 82 games, but I'd say this team less uh, will than most teams percentage-wise on the season. But you know what? The skill is overwhelming, mm-hmm. and you got to be careful after a 20 minutes of hockey and and uh, a power play that gives up a shorthanded goal like it did in the first period against a Flyers team that's desperate for victories, you got to be careful before you kill that Leafs team because something like that second period is always around the corner. Yeah, it is. They, it's why we don't murder them, but it's also why we murder them, that they can just turn it on and do this at any, seemingly any moment they want to. Now, obviously, that's not the case. They'd go 82-0 and 0 every single year, and it would be you know a bunch of third-period comebacks, and that's all we would ever talk about. But that's kind of all we ever talk about with this team, the worst versions of this team with this core has done exactly that, where they loafed around for 45, 50 minutes of a hockey game and then go, all right, let's go snap a couple under the bar and see if we can steal a point, and then maybe we'll steal one more. That has been the worst versions of this team. Now, I don't think we've seen that in spades this year, but there have been a lot of nights where it's just not there now, I don't think it is the complete disaster that we've seen on the other side of things, but mm. it go, I, the effort level stuff has to be discussed, but it also goes to me about role. It's not, it's not lost on me that a game where all those guys get expanded roles that all of a sudden they actually feel like they have an imprint on the game and they start to matter and it's not guys playing 11 minutes a night. So I'm not going to sit here and absolve all the players of everything, but again, we talk about coaching and that is probably the area where I'm most critical of Keith well, is not having given, not having given the bottom of the lineup, quite frankly, something to do for most of the season. Okay, so how do how do you think that applies to yesterday's game? Because I, like I said, he kept Tyler Bertuzzi with Max Domi and yep. Nick Robertson, and they were awful in the first period. Mm-hmm. So like, what comes first? But then and then you know, here we go. Tyler Bertuzzi plays his fewest minutes as a as a Toronto Maple Leaf because he takes the crucial penalty at Mm -hmm. the end of the game so like what are you supposed to do you're supposed to continue to force feed these guys minutes in a close hockey game against a an Eastern Conference rival that you you could be battling with 
for a wild card spot? Or, or are you supposed to hand the minutes out to the guys that you think are going to give you the best shot to win the hockey game? And, the, you know, one of the guys single-handedly with the natural hat trick in the second period gives you the lead. The other guy scores the, the goal in overtime. What are you supposed to do? Well, I think I think part of the problem is when you look at it in a one-game sample size like that, of course you're just supposed to load up the guys. But if we do that every night, we have the conversations we've had after every single game. This is about building team unity throughout mm-hmm. the season. Or, you know, look at now Torts and the Flyers. They've kind of gone the other way where uh, apparently everyone had a role from the jump, but now everyone's kind of playing catch-up there. But you look at it and if if you had all season long been asking Max Domi or Tyler Bertuzzi to protect leads and close out games, then you're not putting them in an unfamiliar spot when they're out there and the, the tying goal gets scored uh, against the Leafs. So yes, in a one-off, of course, yeah, ride the stars, ride the stars. We talk about that all the time. You need to, this is about, this is about all the opportunities that have been missed to build stuff as yeah. the year has kind of gone on here. And now you're in this position that where I agree with yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't always this nip and tuck no. when it came to the playoffs, right? Yeah, it's you not. Have, you you I yeah, I know. I mean I it is to, factually, yeah. but yeah, it's fine. They're okay. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. And they're not that far off, and they still have a game in hand on the lightning who continue to win. But they they've won seven of the last ten, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. And but it's not I mean, is it fine to the degree of like, hey, like let's back every all the stars off, all our fifty million dollars worth of forwards, and like let's play some more Bobby McMahon. Let's get twenty minutes of Bobby McMahon out there. It's not to that degree fine. Okay, but it's not. It doesn't need to just be about Bobby McMahon. And how dare you denigrate the second most recent Leaf to have scored? Oh, scored Spider-Man a there. meme. Oh, it was very good. Good job by you, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs social social team. Did did they have to explain that that meme to those guys? Like, do, is that like? Mm. Are they, I feel like Austin Matthews like. Like, he's not elder millennial, but he's like elder Gen Z. It's like, was he like, mm, I don't know. Are we still doing that meme? I, I don't know what happened with that. How old is that? I mean, that's like one of the OG memes. Yeah, that's what I mean, I'm getting at. Crying like, Jordan is, I think, the, the first no, number one. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Spider-Man might be too. Yeah, it might be. You're right. On the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good meme. It's a good post. I, I enjoyed it by the guys, but... To get back to the point I was trying to make. What was before. your point? Well, the point I was saying is that you mentioned Bobby McMahon, who mm. you're trying to denigrate despite I him having scored d- a hat. No, you were. You were like, he was great in the game you, yesterday. You said, oh, what are they going to do? Play him 20 <laughs> minutes. Like it's, like, it's like kiss of death out there. But you know who played not 20 minutes, but close to it for a team that went to the Western Conference final last year? was Max Domi. Mm-hmm. There, there's a world yeah. where you can play these guys in spots that matter. And God, it he is, had the br- brutal decision. It was the terrible. The blue line in the, on the power play in that and, first period. And, that, and that's part of the Max Domi experience. This is what happens when you sign guys who, you know, the defensive side of the game is not why they're there. But this is also what happens when you don't put those guys in positions all year long and then you start trying to lean on them because they've given you a couple of good periods and you just put them in spots that they haven't been used to. And it's not about spots they've never been in their professional careers, but they've never been in those spots together. The idea of Robertson, Domi, and Bertuzzi trying to close a game. What are we talking about? In what world would we ever have envisioned that? Maybe if that had been something that had been tried and tested and you'd been doing it since November, you would have had some semblance of comfortability there but you haven't those are the last three guys quite frankly that should have been out there in that in that spot and it's because you only have trusted them in offensive roles to this point listen i agree with you i do think there's a force feeding of the depth players minutes that needs to take place or needed to have taken place Mm -hmm. but i understand it from sheldon keith's perspective because you watch the hockey game and you want to play the best players and the the players that are giving you the best chance to win and the guys that are getting paid the most. Like that is part of the way this team has been built. It's uh-huh. for Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin to play 24 minutes, yeah. uh, which they did yesterday. Leafs are now 16, two and one without Morgan Riley. Okay. Uh-huh. Over the last two seasons. Don't trade them. That's what you're trying no, to say. I'm just oh, saying like so. how, what, what if, you know, they win all five of these games or he has his appeal today. It's, maybe it's it bumped down to four or whatever. We can talk about that in a second. Mm. I mean, just it's – and that, to the point you were making yesterday, Yeah. yeah um, the Flyers' win did not look anything like the Blues' win. No. That was not a game really on merit that the Leafs deserve to win. No. Deserve-o-meter? Mm. I, I, I don't actually think... didn't look at it. I, I usually like to pull it up the morning after. Oh, really? To see. Yeah, I no, didn't, I, I actually, didn't look at it. Shot, five on five shot attempts. They did have the majority of them. 
but expected goals for was not mm-hmm. in favor. Yeah, anyways, it's not like they got skated out of the barn or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there was a uh, 10 Beller saves that Ilya no. Samsonov was making. Well, but We were both wrong about him via tax, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We can get to that in just a second. But yeah, the, that did not look like the same team that limited the Blues to 15 shots against nope. in the first of Morgan Riley's five-game suspension. But the, the numbers continue to grow to this overwhelming degree. And it's not, it's not like, oh, nice record. It's not mm-hmm. like... Eight and five without yep. Morgan Riley, your best defenseman who's averaging over 24 minutes a game. 16, two and one is as, as hard to ignore that, Brent, over the last two seasons. Yeah, like I think it's a stark number. I think it stands out. I don't know what to do with it other than the one hard and fast takeaway, and I don't think this is true over the bulk of it because I think Brody missed a bunch of these games last year as well, but... Mm-hmm. TJ Brody looks better when he plays the left side than he yeah. does when he plays the right side, especially this version of him. So I'm willing to the, – the biggest concrete takeaway I can take, I mean, there is definitely some element when you look at the grand scheme of things, all of the games that have played is that, yes, guys feel an impetus to step up and take on more ownership. But I think with, what you see from a kind of roster perspective is that it is a TJ Brody, you just get a better version of him, and now he's not – the fixer TJ Brody that you've had in years past, but all of a sudden it's TJ Brody, like exclamation point, good version (laughs) of him as opposed to TJ Brody Mm. that we've kind of seen as of late. So I think that is the biggest positive you get is you allow Brody to go back to his natural side, but I can't look at this Leaf team and ever think there's a better version of them without Morgan Riley. No, the there's whole, not. I'm not saying term. that either. I'm just saying that that's a stupid, insane stat. It's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of it? I told you that, that he's maybe playing too many minutes this season. Okay, I'll, that I'll hear. I'll gladly hear that. a lot more this season than he did a season ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe spread it around. Just, I mean, general takeaways over the last couple of games. Yeah. Maybe spread it around a little bit. Sheldon Keefe was hot in that game, though. That was like one of those, mm-hmm. that was one of those games where he was giving it to everybody, giving it to the referees, giving it to William Needlander on the bench who looked like he wasn't necessarily that receptive to the feedback he was getting. Like, what did you make of that? Like, William Nylander kind of like, his eyes are kind of wide open. He's like kind of nodding his head like, yeah, I, I, okay, what, what do you want me to do here? I don't, I, I got to be honest, I rarely make much of that stuff. I think the only one of these I've made anything of has been the Mitch Marner going and smashing a stick uh, mm. after he got benched. I It is a little, I will say it's a little different from Nylander because you basically never see him react to anything in a mm. remotely negative manner. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, like guys get frustrated, heat of action. I don't look anything of it, but yeah, I like, I like that Sheldon is fiery and wired. And mm. I think part of the problem is that, and again, like I'll just go on record for the 800,000th time that I don't think he's the issue. And I don't think the coaching change is what happens here. But I do wonder if you're somebody who believes these things, if that is a little bit of a crack in the armor of, Ooh, are these guys seeing that he feels the pressure and he's becoming a more vocal version of himself or is he changing it all? And that maybe allows, or not allows guys, but, you know, if your boss is looking like a unauthentic version of himself, you do kind of roll your eyes. You do tone it out. And I don't think he's being unauthentic, but if he's at all being different because he feels the pressure or all the stuff we've talked about this year, I could see a world where those guys are rolling their eyes a little bit. I wanted to be on record with my belief that we were going to get bad Elias Samsonov yesterday. Yeah. So you, I sent you, you a text shot, right you, out of the shoot. His rushed. first shot against where he's, he didn't look all that comfortable. He's like, oh, puck hit me, made the save. I was like, yeah, come on. It didn't look like he was the most confident version of himself. He allows the three goals, but only one at five on five, one horrible shorthand yep. goal and one power play goal at mm-hmm. the end. You can't fault him on any of them. I was so close to being right because I texted you back. Four goals, none of which we can really complain about. That's what we're getting tonight. I was so close to being right. Yeah, I guess. Expected goals against at five on five were over two and a half, and he only allowed the one. I I thought he was good. Yeah, I had I had no I had no issue with him. There were some really when the Leafs had made it. 2-1, there were a couple of big, big saves. There was the big, like, diving stick save. I think it was mm-hmm. at the end of the second period there. And it's not quite the Grant Fear of, you know, you don't have to save them all, just make the fifth save. But there were a few moments in that game where Samsonov had to make come up big in some big spots after the Leafs had given themselves a chance. And those 
those would be the backbreakers for this Leaf team. The idea of them, okay, Matthews turns it on, he's having the Matthews night, and then right away the puck goes in at the other end. That would be just a killer for for this Leafs team, momentum-wise. You've seen it happen a million times, and we've seen it happen to Samsonov, where that goal kind of gets to him as well. So Yeah, after the Matthews, after Austin Matthews does his Austin Matthews thing in the second period, it does feel like the game is over. Yes. Because not because of the score, but because of the run of play and because the Leafs are playing like Globetrotters. Well, and I thought he, I thought he was for sure getting one more. Well, that, that Mitch Marner was doing his best to make sure he got at least that, one more. That missed tip oh. just in front. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, he turned into Tyler Bertuzzi for a second. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Tyler how Bertuzzi did have another great A chance oh, of course in a bad he did. game for him. I, I told well. you keep, Keep racking him up. I want expected. I want him to have an expected goal season of 70. It's like, I want him to be expected 70 and actually score four. That's what I want from him. That'd be nice. Uh, I mentioned it. Morgan Riley with his appeal being heard today at noon. One more thing on the game before Mm -hmm. we move to Riley. I don't know who you take out because of how the game went the day before. And then all the guys come back in the lineup. But, um, Ryan Reeves or Simone Ryan Reeves should be buying Simone Benoit like a, like a nice bottle of wine or something because that was his fight that he mm-hmm. was supposed to have against Nick Delorier there. Mm-hmm. If Reeves, well, I mean it was it it was Benoit that lays the hit. No, no, I don't have an issue with it. But what I'm getting at is that Delorier mm-hmm. Delorier is in the exact same camp as Ryan Reeves is here, where he's just a NHL mute. leader in yeah. fights this season. Yeah, he's a mutant though, and they might want him the first time. Nobody wants that the second time. Mm-hmm. And if you're a guy like Revo, that's one of the few guys in this league who's in your weight class. Like we joked about it in the Atlantic division that you're going to have Wi-Fi and Lucic and mm, Lucic no longer part of the Boston Bruins equation. Wi-Fi up and down with the minors this year. The guys that are in Reeves weight class just don't exist anymore. And I understand there's no earthly way you take McMahon out after he has a hat trick. I really like Robertson's game. So you're not taking any of those fringy pieces out, but that would have been a great game for Revo to have got in there. If for no other reason, then you know we would have gotten that between the two of them. And not that Benoit handled himself any way other than you would have expected, but it's like, that's what you want. Benoit, what, four fighting majors this season? Oh, yeah, he'll go anybody. He doesn't care. That's yeah. what you love about him. Him nah. and Jake McCabe, just perpetually mad, bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, McCabe taking that puck in the face, and then he's in the scrum, and he doesn't want to get punched, yeah. but he just still won't let anybody touch yeah. the goalie. Actually, a couple of other moments I did notice that. I don't know if the Flyers kind of brought it out of them. There are a few moments. There was a moment with Geo in the first period where uh, Joel Farabee does everything in his power to not touch Ilya Samsonov and he still kind of grazes him and Gio doesn't care. Just absolute cross check right to the back of the neck. Mm. Uh, It was good though. No, no fine, no suspension coming. At least that's my understanding, but that's what you like to see is don't sit there and go, Oh, well he tried to get out of the way. No, the flyers certainly wouldn't say that. Go cross check him in the back Mm. of the neck. So I loved it. Gio. Gio also had after the Max Domi miscue on the power play, he was, I don't know what he was doing on that, that first power play in the first period. And you know, had a, a, Rightfully called for diving. Yeah, that was the time. I the only defense he has is old of just like, oh my hip bucked mm. at the exact moment it was tough. I but hate yeah. that man. Make a decision. Is it Travis Konechny hooking or is it diving? No, because both like nah. both did happen on no. that. No, normal. I will say normally I hate that play, mm. but Konechny hooked him and Geo dove. Normal. Nah. Normally I am very Such a much. Cop a, out. I I almost always agree. I thought that was one of the rare both can go. Mm. No, you that was so, a dive. So you think you think they should just if call was, whatever the whatever act is more egregious is in your opinion? Yeah. Okay. Like or, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with that, but I thought that was one of the rare both can go. Right. Like I understand. I mean, in in hockey, we view that process a little differently than other sports, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like that's the badge of honor that we wear right. as hockey we'll, fans. We'll Tim Nobody's diving here, okay? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of diving yeah. out there. <laughs> Gotta say. It's yeah, the, you also winning hockey games is pretty good. Oh, so good. The and best. going on power plays is like important. And sometimes the referees just do not see it, especially if you're just a big, strong, tough guy. Yeah. Like I actually recall a moment earlier this season where Austin Matthews got cross-checked in the corner and the refs told Sheldon Keefe it did not happen. Right. I remember that. Might've helped if he had gone down well, it's, a little it's bit. Hard, it's hard to dive when you're already on the ice being right. cross-checked in the back. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to dive in that instance. Well, so I don't have a problem with, 
you know, letting people know what happened if it's an egregious act. That wasn't egregious. It was a, a bit of a hook, but like, yeah. oh, and and he just like no, I, did a full do not, sow cow. Again, Come on, give I, me a break. I told you, his only defense is old of like, oh, you ever had your hip just seize on uh, you? Yeah. Oh, we'll get to somebody who's using the old excuse would, at uh, Riviera would, yesterday. Would anybody begrudge Mark Giordano if they're like, Gio, you're, you know, I just picture Kevin McGrann going to him after the game. Mark Giordano, you're a man of honor. How could you dive? And go, oh, my hip just seized up. Everyone go, oh, that checks out 100%. Yeah. They should rescind that. It's like you can't do anything about the game mm. that happened, but they should take the PIM off. Actually, I guess at this point he wants them, like, make mm. them look tough. Morgan Riley meeting with Gary Bettman today. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm surprised at how quickly this has taken place. Like, again, we keep going back to the Jason Spezza appeal. He had already mm. served five of his six games before they're like, four. And he's like, but I already served five. They're like, build a time machine. And he, yeah, he had no recourse. And and unlike Morgan Riley, who's getting docked 39 grand a game, what do you think they gave Jason Spezza? Six bucks and a bucks ticket? Yeah. For the 800K he was playing on? Like, what would that have been prorated, right? Like, it's not like... So unlike David Prawn and unlike Morgan Riley, there's not at least a big fat check waiting mm. after you've already missed that game. Yeah. I, Jason Spezza ain't hurting, though. He, no, he's he, fine. He made his money. Yeah. Uh, what are you expecting from, from this thing today at noon? I'm so torn. On one hand, I do think it gets knocked down a game because I, I feel like the Leafs have been, like they're almost like a, like a world power in war, and they've just been, like, manning their battle stations. They've been, like, Trillivan's going to talk. And it's like, nah, maybe not, but you know he's out there. And it's like mm-hmm. they have the ultimate trump card and Shanny waiting in the wings. I think there's some element of the league that wants to, you know, they very much wanted the pu- the punishment to be public and everybody to see it, but I also think they'd, they're good with this story going away now. There's a reason this is happening on Friday. I bet we get the – these things do tend to linger. I bet we get this one – Today, I don't think they want this as like the yeah. lead story on hockey night. No, there's a reason why this it's is noon this, this on a Friday. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to get to where I ultimately expected it to go, which was four games. It's still a game too many for me personally, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where I expect it to go. Yeah, I think they did this in, in two ways in messaging this in a way that satisfies both sides, right? Like six games, what I thought. Morgan Riley was going to mm-hmm. get when he had the in-person hearing with the Department of Player Safety. Yeah. Priming everybody for six games and then giving him five. You know, it, you're still like, that's too many. But it's like, okay, well, it's less than I expected. Going into this this uh, this appeal hearing against Gary Bettman, boy, I, five is still too many. But it's, it's Gary Bettman. These things rarely get reduced. Yep. When they reduce it by a game to four you're going to feel placated as a Leaf fan. And I think any reasonable person who has the other the other opinion yeah. that Morgan Riley went above and beyond what he should have done, I still think they look at four games as acceptable punishment for this crime. I agree. Like, I think the number is two to three. I understand how you get to four. I think the biggest problem people have with all of this is just the easiest game in the world, which is find a cross-check that is not as premeditated, but just as, if not more malicious. And it was a $5,000 fine, or it was nothing, or it wasn't even a two-minute. Wayne Simmons turns his head, and he's like, ouch, every day. (laughs) And he's like, I can can point to the video of one. Again, I'm sure you've all seen it, but two Montreal Canadiens converge together, and one of them breaks his stick across Wayne Simmons' neck, cross-checking him in the neck. The other one, a lot of, a very popular i'm sure has been uh the from last year's playoffs of of i think it's bennett or i don't know one of the greasy panthers just cross-checking a leaf in front of the neck or in front of the net Mm. right in the head five thousand dollar fine and yeah it's not premeditated but Mm. i don't know uh hmm, we're gonna talk to some law and order people next week maybe that's a good question for them it's like yeah is pre how much worse is premeditated really than like a manslaughter i mean i know it's Mm. worse i feel like lawyers would tell me it's a lot worse but Mm. it's what i keep coming back to I think it's worse, but yeah. Yeah, no, it is worse. But it also wasn't like, wasn't, okay, not to relitigate the Riley thing all over again, but it wasn't pre, like, it wasn't McSorley premeditated. Yeah. He didn't sit there on the bench going like, mm, this Ridley Greg, he's got to look about him. I'm going to do something to him. Yeah. He just saw a thing happen. He didn't like it. He kind of snapped. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Not wholly, like, it's not, it's not manslaughter, but like, I don't think it's like murder one either. Okay. Yeah. Murder two? I 
murder two could be worse than murder one. No, murder no. one is I the worst. You you know that one thousand percent definitively. You can uh, state that right now. Yes, I feel pretty How good. Confident? I, like I, okay, which Defcon's like Defcon <laughs> one is like the actually least significant mm-hmm. Defcon. If you say so. I don't know. Yeah, this is always confusing. Anyways, <laughs> I want to get to John Tortorella before the game, before yes. we break. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The 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 speaker of truth in the world, John Tortorella. <laughs> so he also weighed in on the Morgan Riley thing and talked about this generation of hockey player. It's a dumb league. It, 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 it is. It's changed for coaches, too. And we've had to make adjustments because there are so many mistakes made. And I, I guess the thing with the young athletes is sometimes you have to wait your turn, right? As far as gaining respect and, and not wanting everything right now, not expecting everything right now as far as ice time, as far as your contract, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's good just to wait your turn and earn it. I think that's where I think the athletes have, have changed. They have entourages around them that I think direct them the wrong way. Yes. And uh, the hierarchy of a room, the hierarchy of what it is to be a pro, the process you have to go through as a pro, I think's lost a little bit with, with the athlete now. And uh, it's something I miss terribly in, in being in the league for so long, seeing where it's gone to now. Great athletes, great skill, great speed. But the, the mental and the understanding what it is to be a pro and, and respecting the National Hockey League, that's where uh, I have some struggles. Mm, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll put my cards on the table. Mm. John Tortorella irritates me like to, to a great degree. And part of it might just be that, yeah, he has these dalliances in media mm-hmm. when he's not working, when he's summarily dismissed after he runs his course or wherever he is, yeah. which will happen again in Philadelphia in due mm-hmm. course. For sure. Um, and he plays that game for a little bit and then immediately goes back into a head coaching position because mm-hmm. he has incredible starts with many in organization and mm-hmm. he can he can shock the system and he just treats the media like pure garbage and i just think there's a lot of like wow i'm john tortorella it's john tortorella speaking time for john tortorella's time okay like there's a lot of look at me mm-hmm. for a head coach who has accomplished some things it hasn't always been um yeah, great for him in in recent years, but I'm I'm torn because there's a lot of what he says that I agree with, but I the man himself and the messaging does irritate me. Okay, so I've actually had this opinion a lot of ah why why you got to be so mean to us when you love hanging out when the coaching checks aren't there, but has has he not done enough in this turn as Flyers coach like. I'm not saying he's been rosy with the media. There's that guy he still refuses to talk to in Philly because of the whole Cutter Gauthier, Kevin Hayes thing. So I'm not saying he's Mr. Media Friendly, but like I'd way rather a guy give me a thousand hours of content than be nice to me or nice to us. And there's definitely that. Honestly, like it's scary how high on the list he has been of newsmakers in the league this year. Like it's Matthews, it's McDavid. It's Tate McRae, it's Nathan McKinnon, and then it's John Tortorella. Like it's, I'd put Tate McRae higher, but go okay. ahead. No, no, I, I like, I needed to throw her in there because I knew you would be rushing to the mic to be like, you forgot Tate. But honestly, think of all the conversations we've had. We mm-hmm. t- we talk about this league like it's baseball a lot of the times, where you care about your your team, maybe the division, and there's you know the Oilers are interesting. But how many conversations have we had about a Philly team that's been hanging on to a playoff spot this year? A thousand. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's all because of this guy. Like, sorry, Sean Couturier and the great captain. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to be in Philly. It ain't about you. Travis Konechny, God love you. Morgan Frost, like all these names, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not about those guys. We've been talking about them because of torts. So I mostly agree with what you're saying about the rolling your eyes at it, but I think he has been so good for us this year that he has done he has done enough to revert yeah. almost all the uh, previous ill will. Here's the other thing, that Danny Breer loves the job he's done, but he also understands this is not this is not conducive to a long-term success. Like we saw this play out with Daryl Sutter in Calgary, right? Like yep. you just you can't. And this is a a stage in the Flyers' development where it doesn't really matter. But at Mm -hmm. some point, they're going to want to add on some free agents who have their choice of the litter, right? And I'm sorry, John, and you're right. Like, again, 
So much of what you said, I agree with. There's so much entitlement that comes mm -hmm. with the modern-day professional athlete and the money that's already been earned before anything's been achieved. Boy, look at some of the, the guys that play in the local market. Mm -hmm. That's the world. That's the world. Look, look at North American pro sports. They're, pro athletes have been empowered, and unless you somehow change the power structure, that's the way it's going to go. And if they don't like you and they don't want to be in that environment – they're not going to sign up to play for you, and that's going to hurt your ability to to fabricate a team going forward. There is definitely an element to that, but just as much as there are guys wired that way, and I think most of them are wired in a way. And I don't, I don't say this overly begrudgingly. Like, given my druthers of being pushed, 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 or being coddled, 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 I would probably prefer to be coddled, especially if it came with still being at maybe not the absolute pinnacle of my craft, but you can't say you're not at the peak of your craft when you're playing in the best professional league. So I, as much as there are guys who are going to want that, there are going to be players who, you know, but I don't think it's going to be any of the Leafs core four, but you can't tell me there were guys who played in this Toronto environment over the last three, four or five years who said, it is a little comfy. I think we do need to be pushed in a different way. And maybe that is part of what they look for or not, not overly look for, but are more understanding of it. Like there is always, in my opinion, going to be a place for one, him at the place he's in and with teams in this kind of echelon of yeah. waking them up and getting them going. Young players. Yes, but there's who, all... Who have no choice in the matter. But there's also going... like. Nathan McKinnon, let's mm -hmm. just use him as an example. Now, I think Colorado is successful because he's wired the way he is. Uh -huh. But if he was in some environment where they're playing patty cake and doing whatever it is and not eating chickpea pasta, you're telling me Nathan McKinnon wouldn't sit there going, no, 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 no. I don't want John Tortorella. I need, and wow. I don't need him. You all need him. I don't believe this is the case but if you were going to make the positive argument for ryan o'reilly deciding not to sign up for for this again it wouldn't be that he couldn't hack the pressure and didn't like the attention oh. it would be that it was like just it was too comfy here too comfy mm. <laughs> less so yeah no nashville. definitely it's definitely <laughs> much harder and intense in nashville that's where you lose uh, yeah santana coming to budweiser stage this summer on june 26 with counting crows as part of their oneness tour we have tickets to give away to enter or listen daily to the fan morning show for the code word then a text that code word to 59590 today's code word is oneness Text oneness to 59590 right now for your chance to win. We have another pair of tickets to give away on Monday show. If you don't win with us, though, tickets officially on sale today, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Ticketmaster.ca. All right. Ross Atkins spoke yesterday. John Schneider spoke yesterday. Notably, Alec Manoa did not speak yesterday. Speaking today, we'll uh, get to the major storylines of day one of Blue Jays spring training next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's obviously, you know, a big part of what we're doing. Um, conversations have been really good with him. You know, we met down in Miami, you know, in December. We've been in touch pretty much throughout the offseason. Him, myself, Pete. Uh, he's done some really great work, and I think you'll see that, you know, today, and he's really excited for this year, and, um, you know, a, a bounce-back season for him would be, would be awesome for us. His, his, mental, his mental state of mind right now is, is right where it should be, um, and we'll, we'll kind of see, see how it goes. You know, he's been such a good pitcher in this league. It's, um, it's, a, it's an exciting time for him. It's exciting for us to kind of see what he, what he looks like, but the work that he did, um, you know, getting himself into shape and getting himself ready to pitch and... Um, you know, the way he attacked his offseason has been really encouraging. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That was Blue Jays manager John Schneider talking about former Blue Jays ace Alec Manoa oh. turning into a guy that's battling for the fifth starter spot in spring training, the Blue Jays in Dunedin. Day two of spring training today. We'll talk to Shai Davidi after 7 o'clock. But yeah, he was the number one topic du jour mm -hmm. yesterday. We didn't get to hear from him. Apparently, we we're going to hear from him today it's not like the players didn't speak kevin gossman he spoke and some some players speaking not alec manoa who was clearly going to be the focal point of the first day two days of spring training 
What did you make of the comments and and the narrative surrounding Alec Manoa without actually hearing from him? Yeah, first things first, I think uh, shocker. They want to. They don't want this to be a big story unless it's going to be a big positive one, right? The there is very much a world where Alec Manoa comes into camp and has a fine camp where he's made strides, but it's not quite where they want it to be yet, and he's not with the big league club like that is. I think they would still, there's a version of that that they consider a positive step given where he was at last year. But I think they're just going to really try to slow play this thing, not have it become a bigger story than they want it to be. It's going to become the biggest story. And that was my biggest takeaway was just that it's not an accident that he didn't talk yesterday. They're really trying to, for lack of a better term, downplay it. And Friday I, news dump. Yep. I mean, the J will, will the Jays be sitting there refreshing the NHL's mm. Twitter account, like waiting for the Morgan Riley news to come out mm. of the appeal Smart. to then allow Alec Manoa to speak. It's like Manoa's right there. Can we talk to him? It's like Manoa needs to know the Riley news before he can be <laughs> in the right headspace to speak today. We need to work on some imaging around Friday news dump. Yeah. Like some sounder that we can play. when, when I kind of liked news. your little jaunty Friday news dump. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I've been knowing to cook up a jingle in my day, so yeah. I'll get I'll get thinking yeah, on that. Work on that. So uh, Santos homework for the weekend. <laughs> we didn't hear it directly from John Schneider, but there were reports that he's down. Alec Manoa, that is down about thirty pounds. He looked. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and and guess the lbs on it, but he looked. He's slider. a large fellow. Yeah. Like, I I can't do that with the eyeball thing. When you talk about big human beings who are always gonna look like ginormous, I don't know if you've ever been right next to Alec Manoa. I have. Yeah. He, he's one of the biggest people I've ever seen yeah, in my he's a, life. He's a big man. He's ginormous. And yeah, there's only so much weight you can lose when you are that size. And there's only so much weight you want to lose, honestly. That's the important thing. CC Sabathia would tell you, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you need some some heft behind yeah. that fastball. But different position, but so would uh so would Prince. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Prince Feeler, yeah. It's yeah, important. Then he went true. vegan, lost all his power. Um, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that's clearly been an area that he thought was part of the reason why he had a drop off. There's obviously some mechanical stuff. Can't like multiple things be true. Yeah. Yeah, He got a plasma rich injection in his shoulder also like PRP eh, shot. Yeah. There's, there's lots of things, but there's all like the conditioning thing can't be dismissed out of hand, especially when a guy shows up next spring training down 30 pounds. So well, I can't wait to hear from him today. We heard from Ross Atkins yesterday as well because there's all the free agents are out there. Hold on. The other thing about Manoa, too, is like he could be down a couple extra LBs. He's got that beard going on. Like if he's clearly not worried about weight. Like mm-hmm. we've all seen guys like cutting weight, trying oh, to get there. Yeah. It's like he's obviously not worried. He's growing out extra weight with that beard of his. That's a good point. Um, you can sign a Cody Bellinger if you want. Like that, that Jeff Passan report early I bet in, the, take in, the, money. in the off season where, Hey, Blue Jays are making a splash either way. And then we're like, Oh, show Otani, Juan Soto. It's like, well, you can still be that KF. You could still be that team that signs a big splashy name. Mm-hmm. They're all out there. Scott Boris is still sitting by his phone waiting to pick it up. Um, we got an, we got an idea of where the Blue Jays' head is at when it comes to making additions. Here's the general manager, Ross Atkins, yesterday. Uh, at this point, additions that would be of significance would, would mean some level of subtraction. You know, we feel good about the team that we have, feel good about the work that's been done over the last five off seasons, the last five or four trade deadlines, and now coming into another trade deadline, we'll have another opportunity. I hope that we're in a strong position to add to that team. I know that we will. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, uh, back to the beginning of that, feel very good about the team that's in place. Yeah, okay, they're fine. Uh, they were fine last year. They didn't score enough runs. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, on paper, they didn't make additions that would have you believe that they're better offensively. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that they won't be better offensively? No. Yeah. It just, if you're, like, going by percentages, why why would you bet on them being better offensively in a year in which the players aren't as good yeah, I certainly wouldn't. The, I mean, we, we don't need to belabor this point. We've talked about it a billion times. It's the, if you believe in it, it's the internal improvement. It's Vladdy being Vladdy again. It's Alejandro Kirk being some facsimile of what he was at his, at his best moments. It's Danny Jansen playing more than five games in, in a season. That's where it has to come from. Like, 
there is no world where George Springer, you know, I mean, he, I suppose he can have a better offensive season, but you know, father time is, is undefeated. Like there's just an element of that there. It, it, it it's funny. I, Immediately when I hear the budgetary stuff, my mind harkens back to passing around the hat for Irvin Santana. Sure. And it's just, man, it's, uh, now I don't, you know, I don't know that there's, it's funny, like the bat does feel like as obvious a whole, but it was just such a pointed time with the Santana stuff. That was just one of the weirder stories I can ever remember. It's like, as soon as I hear the budgetary stuff, that's immediately where my, my mind goes at this time of year. Yeah. And that's clearly what we're talking about here when, when Ross Atkins is like, hey, right now, and after that response, he was asked to follow up, and he, he said, from an operational standpoint, from the goals that we set out at the start of the year, now it makes most sense operationally for us if we consider additions that we should be subtracting as well. That, so humans, normal yeah. ones. What would they say? They would say, hey, guys, we're kind of at our limit when it comes to the budget, and we want some wiggle room when it comes to the trade deadline. So any money we bring in, we're, we're going to probably have to send money so out. Is that, again, this is this is part of the problem when you can't just, and, and this is obviously Atkins is a poster child for this, but this is GM speak across all of sports is that. Not part, to this degree. No, no, that's why I said he is the, he is to the nth degree of it. But this is the problem. The reason why I think why he can't just come out and say, guys, we're capped out. This is the budget is because. Then you're going to have, and it's a, it's a disingenuous thing. We've talked about a billion times. What? I thought there was 700 million for Shohei poking around. How is this team capped out effectively? No, but like that, you're not giving Blue Jays fans enough credit though. Honestly, I'm telling you that's why I'm, I'm not saying that that's the right Mm -hmm. way to go about it. I'm saying that's what he's protecting against. It's honestly a little bit disrespectful by Blue Jays executives to message this in a way that kind of clouds the reality of the situation. We're all, we're all adults here. Not all, not everybody's a Blue Jays fan. You're allowed to be a child and be a fan of the it's Blue true. Jays. You can, you, if you're eight, you could go, but I wanted Shohei to pay someone else. <laughs> the adults that are reading and listening to the quotes, yeah, we don't love it. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that the Blue Jays shouldn't be competing with the Dodgers and the Mets right. and the Yankees in a payroll battle. They absolutely should and have the ability to do so. And they are paying into the luxury tax, just like factually. Yeah. That's a place they haven't been before. It's it's between the first and the second tier of, of the luxury tax. And there was apparently money available for an extreme instance as a Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. We're all adults here. We can handle the information that, hey... We tried some things, and there was obviously one big thing that we could have done mm-hmm. that changed the financial outlook of this team. But we look at the remaining free agents. Maybe it doesn't have to be this explicit, but like a little more explicit than operationally, blee blah, blue yeah. blop. Like, just tell us we're we're at our limit. This is about the payroll that we want to be at. There's nothing out there that excites us to a great degree that yep. we would want to even have the conversation with ownership of mm-hmm. of tacking on a couple hundred. Well, a couple tens of millions tens, of yep. dollars to this payroll and then the additional luxury tax bill that would come mm-hmm. to that. Like, we, we can handle that, I think. Yeah, I, I think so as well, but we can. I don't think that guy can. Like, he's just not wired that way. We no, talked. he doesn't think we can. Okay, Th- that's fair to put it that way, that he thinks we simply can't handle it. I will say the biggest thing that I think coming out of all this is just Please, God, don't have the season end in a way where some decision needs to be explained one way or another bluntly. Because we saw how that went last Mm -hmm. year, and I was wondering if there were learning experience to come out of that. And obviously, this is a much lower stakes thing than the season ending in a catastrophic way, and emotions are super Mm -hmm. high. But does this give you any confidence that 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 last year's press availability would have been handled any differently or any better? But I think I've I've hit on something for me as to why it's, it's irksome. And mm-hmm. it's and it's not just that like oh it's the corporate speak or right. whatever it's the intention behind it to obscure reality mm-hmm. and to keep people from knowing the reality that I mean they're only more emboldened to try and figure out when they get responses like this. Okay, here's here's a question for you. I know the answer is you'd rather neither of these, but it feels like they're kind of on polar opposite sides. Depoto did the exact opposite. He went too honest, where he's like, "No, we just want to win." F- 54 percent again that's that's not that's not even honest though that that that, i mean it is honest honest. that's how he feels about his job that's it's honest but that's like 
that that's a philosophy that is disgusting. Like, if that's the reality of the situation, thank you for telling us, but that's gross. I don't disagree, but I also don't know that, like, do you think he's in a silo thinking that way across Major Probably League Baseball? Probably not. Probably not. So I, I just say, like, and I, I understand you know this, but it's like, careful what you wish for if you actually hear what, what these guys think. And I don't mean to say Atkins necessarily mm-hmm. believes the 54%, but I wouldn't be floored to hear him go go arm in arm with that line of thinking. Sure. And and maybe you don't have to go 100% true serum. Yeah, no, you you can't. Like, again, a middle we're, ground. we're all adults. You can tap dance and... Find a find a middle ground ish. Yeah. Somewhere. But when please. you when you when you so clearly try and ob obfuscate, obfuscate? You're not you're not gonna get you're not gonna help me on this word. No, I like I'm just as confused as you. I think it's uh, no, I'm not even gonna try. Right. I'm just gonna you, leave you out there uh, rotting rotting alone. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, like I know the words you're getting at. Uh, obfuscate, I believe. Uh you're not get, yeah. When you so clearly do that, what you do is you, one, make people mad. Because like, what the heck is... And then, two, they're like, well, what is he actually talking about? What is he trying to hide here? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, they can't spend any more money. And, yep. like, oh, Rogers won't spend mm-hmm. the money. Where, in fact, like, okay, there's a legitimate argument for that. But it's also, yeah, if you just possession it, hey, we're one of the top spenders in Major League Baseball. We're, I believe, top seven in payroll, mm-hmm. right? Salary tax, yeah, payroll. Right there, yeah. Yeah, they're at six, I believe. Uh, and yeah, there's always a possibility of going above and beyond, but it has to be something that makes sense for us, and nothing does right now. Obfuscate. I looked it up phonetically. See, yeah, you right. nailed it. Uh, render obscure, unclear, or unintelligible. Also, to bewilder someone. I I gotta say, like in an hour and a half, yeah. I feel like I would have come to the microphone with more confidence with obfuscate. That's like a pre seven o'clock thing that I was like not sure. Oh, oh, like sorry, I'm I was so confused. I thought you wow. were saying like it would have taken you an hour and a half no, to no, get it. I'm you're saying, saying that's by, a time of day. By eight o'clock you would have been all over that. Mm-hmm. Is what Especially you're a second coffee, hundred percent. Oh, is that coming? I don't know. You're gonna make Azo walk and get it, eh? <laughs> Diva. Diva. <laughs> all right. When we come back, uh I don't know, maybe speaking of Diva, uh Rob Manfred Laid out his timeline. Don't know that that's the word that comes to mind for me. <laughs> Although now I want it to. I'm just picturing him like a WWE diva yeah. back in the day. Rob Manfred uh, laid out his timeline and the end of his tenure. Fast approaching. Not soon enough. Uh, and we'll talk to Shai Davidi live from Dunedin next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.